Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of, of Live Let Thrive. Thrive. What is up, Micah man? What is up, Stevie Stacks? I'm chilling, man. We are now on episode what number? Well, 115, I believe. 115. Yeah, because because um, Jay Massey's is 114, right? Yes, sir. That was one okay. interview. But awesome. we are coming back with another great interview. We have this. We have a, a yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead. A local rock star in the Airbnb real estate game. Yes, Cammie Miles. I've been trying to get her on for a while. Give it up for Cammie. Hey, y'all. Glad to be here today. Are you making a cameo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so cammy let me well i guess i'm gonna start off with steve's question because he knows more about you than me who is cammy okay um let's see i am an airbnb specialist so uh yep that's what i do i used to be a professional photographer and then i turned my studio into airbnbs and uh absolutely love it so okay and so, uh, how many units are you up to? Uh, right now, we have 14 uh, listings under management. So, that's in four different states. So, we're in um, Texas, Arizona, Missouri, and also Florida. Jeez, you're in every state I'm in. That's good. Okay. Where, um, Missouri, are you in Branson or? St. Louis. St. Louis. How is, it's crazy. I was in St. Louis, I think, last, a little bit last year. And I was looking at my aunt's house, and I was telling Steve about it. And I was like, "Man, St. Louis is a good place to house hack because of the there, everything's almost three levels with the basement." So, how is that market treating you? Uh, St. Louis is hot. It just depends on what your location is, but uh, yeah, it's hot, hot, hot. Really? Okay. Oh yeah. So, are you arbitraging buying? What What are you doing? Uh, I manage for the that particular owner, so um, I actually took his property on. I didn't set it up physically. I set it up virtually. So uh, they did the work and then I actually critiqued it and set up their listing and we were able to make Superhost in the first 90 days. And uh, we averaged six to $7,000 in our first month. Yeah. In St. Louis? And how many do you have out there? Uh, just that one. Just that one. Mm -hmm. Wow. And how, how big is the unit? That's about 1,700. 1700 but, square feet. Yeah, but it's really nice. It has like a uh, media room and a pool table. Yeah, it's a how nice place. How many beds and baths? Uh, three bed, two bath. Oh wow, nothing. You can't beat six to seven thousand on that a month. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what what got you started in the Airbnb world? Well, I got started because we had a renter um, in our house that absolutely destroyed our house. Um, we tried to get her evicted, hired a lawyer. Uh, we actually lost twice. So um, the reason we decided to Airbnb was because we just didn't want to trust anybody with our property ever again like that. We were like, no way, we need more control. So that's when we decided to start doing Airbnb, uh, which is pretty funny because I had no experience at all. And you should see my first Airbnb was pretty rough. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So like you have 14 units. So is your, your business is fully automated? 
Um, well, I'm not fully automated. I mean, I have a lot of systems in place. I've learned a lot of lessons and I definitely have automations, but it still takes the human factor. I mean, you just, it's, it's very, very hands-on business. Mm -hmm. Like what, what part of your business takes that human factor? Uh, just the communication with every single guest. Um, unfortunately, it's not the same every single time. And some people need some hand-holding and other people just need their feelings to be acknowledged. It's customer service. I know. It's, it's just crazy, right? <laughs> I like that. Feelings to be acknowledged. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They just want to, sometimes they just want to, you know, vent on you. All right. I got some questions. <laughs> um, so let's take it back to the first, um, your first Airbnb, because you said you, you did the long term thing, had a terrible experience, you know, finally got that lady out of your house that ruined your house. So then you went to the Airbnb route and you and I don't know if you want to tell what city or what locate, you know, where your where the Airbnb is at, but you kind of described it to me. It's as like a kind of two houses in one or how, how is the setup? Yeah, uh, this particular property is in the DFW area. And uh, it's in a bit of a hot pocket right now. There's a, a lawsuit going on um, as far as the banning of Airbnb. So we, uh, basically what it is, is it's a one acre lot. It has a three, actually a four bedroom, two bath house on the front side of the acreage. And then in the back, it's a four car garage. And I used it for my photography studio. And so what we did is we split it up on two sides and it's kind of a funny story how this happened because I had my first Airbnb guest, which is some of the comments. She said that couch was like as hard as concrete. She said she sat down on it and had to go to a chiropractor afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. So uh, the lady, she said, uh, she said she needed to stay longer. They were adopting a baby. And uh, so I didn't have a place for her because somebody had already booked up behind her. And so I was like, well, all I have is my photography studio and I've got an air mattress I could throw out there if you want to stay. And she was like, yeah, that's awesome. So I put it on there for her and then she didn't actually end up needing it for the extra days. But before I knew it, someone actually booked it, that air mattress on the floor for $45 a night. And I was like, dang, this is awesome, until the air mattress got a leak. <laughs> and then the guy called me. He's like, hey, you think I can get another air mattress? So, yeah, that's, it's kind of funny how I got my start. We've so come a long way since then. Yeah, literally Airbnb. Like how the, exactly. The I didn't know that was unusual. Yeah. That is cool. And so you turned the four-car uh, four garage into like a fully functioning unit? Well, we actually had it as a mother-in-law unit. Um, we'd built it for our parents years ago. Um, so they would come and visit Texas, but they hardly ever did. But um, anyway, so I used it for, um, at one point, my cousin was staying there. And it's just a great little living space. It has a bathroom on each side. So it's basically, it's studios with a like miniature kitchen on each side and a bathroom on each side. Nice. And so, and so that you obviously, uh, you told me your numbers before you're kicking pretty much kicking some ass over there. And, um, and how did, and how did that propel you to your next phase of your business? How, like, the, how, can you tell how much you were making on those two units? Sure. Um, on those three units, we averaged 10,000 a month. So, um, about 120 a year. Woo! Yeah. Man, see, that is why you get into this business, man. <laughs> yeah, right exactly. There. You get into this business. Wow, that, that's crazy. So, 
Cause like you were one thing, cause I'm, I'm a huge, I'm a systems guy. I'm a huge automation guy. So with you still having that human aspect, have you, have you been thinking about possibly uh, offsetting that to like a virtual assistant or anything? Um, I'm actually thinking about a virtual assistant. I've tried a couple of different services like Guesty and uh, honestly, yeah, I don't really don't like Guesty. I don't know if that's not good to say, but yeah. Uh, we have automation set in place right now and it's good and sometimes you get a little too comfortable and somebody's asking you a question and you don't actually check it and then they're finally like, are you really going to answer my question? And I'm like, whoa, wait a second, sorry. So sometimes the systems get a little bit, you kind of sit back on your laurels. Hmm. Okay, yeah, and um, and, and as I was asking earlier, like, so you, from that 10,000 uh, 10, a month experience, you decided to, to grow your business. So what was the next step in growing your business? Well, it was a natural progression because uh, we're part of some investor groups. And so when people started seeing the success that we were having, they started asking questions and some of them asked if I could help them. And so we ended up doing our first one out in Arizona. And so we flew out there, set the entire thing up in like five days. We um, had a budget in place, got it all set up, um, and literally we had our first booking by the time I, I got on the airplane. So that was a, we've never done anything less than $6,000 in the very first month, no matter what property we've touched. Wow. Yeah. I'm giving you all my properties right now. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, we, we started with that one. We had a lot of success. And then um, we're actually national speakers. We speak at REI Black Book out in Missouri. And so uh, we have another um, investor that's hired us for the Florida properties. And we started that three months ago. And I think we're up to $42,000. we have raised on two properties in the last three months. Jeez. So we're going to do, I think we're getting to 16000 just this month off of just their properties in wow. Florida. Wow. So what, what's your, uh, what do you charge? What's your fee for managing? Um, for setup for three, two, so three bedroom, two bath, we charge $5,000 for the setup. Uh, we ask that the investor, they're going to pay between five and 7,000 for the furnishings and everything that goes inside of an Airbnb. Um, basically what that includes is we come in, I mean, the investor doesn't lift their finger at all. They just write the check. So we show up, we order everything. My team gets in there. We put, do all the decorating, do the photography, get your listing set up. And we're in business in less than seven days. Wow. And that's all you charge? You don't, you don't, you hand oh. it to them after? Management? Well, after that, I do a maintenance or basically a management fee. And that fees 20% of all the bookings. And that includes taking care of your hospitality team, hiring your team, making sure you have handymen, um, making sure all the inventory is done. And uh, basically, it's just turnkey. What tools do you use to find like handymen? Um, I use a lot of Facebook Marketplace um, this way. And I get recommendations from local moms groups because, you know, those moms are pretty picky. Oh, yeah. My wife used to be in those mom's groups. All types of stuff goes down in there. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Good and bad. Yeah. Wow. So that so you're okay. You're automated and you help them set up. So it's pretty much turnkey for the investor. It is turnkey. Okay. Now, the, now, the 20% of the booking, so that, okay, let's say, okay. So that's, so you're going to get paid first before all the, all the uh, fees and stuff. Oh, or all yeah, the, I forgot uh, to mention that. 
Yeah, so basically what happens is we don't like our investors to have to come out of pocket for a lot of money up front because they're already taking care of the property, you know, the house payment or the rent, plus they're going to have to buy all the furnishings. So the 5000 that we charge, we do not charge that up front. If we don't get if you don't make money, we don't make money. So basically that just comes out of that first month's earnings. And we don't sign up for any properties that we don't know for the most part, I mean, it's an investment. There's risk involved, but we pretty much know how our property is going to do before we pick it up. Um, and what, what tools are you measuring, using to measure how much a property is going to make? Are your DNA or self? Um, I actually, I'll look at all different factors, but we have a way of comping the properties and it's a little more time intensive, but we basically go through the property, the address. We look at the comparables and um, look at reviews and whether or not the address is hot or whether it's in a dead zone. Mm -hmm. So what would you classify as a dead zone? A uh, dead zone is, it's somewhere where people are not frequenting. So you have to be next to somewhere where there's corporate training or an airport or a convention center. Um, for instance, we have a property out in Justin, Texas. I don't know if you know where Justin is, but it's in between Denton and the racetrack. And uh, it's, a, it's not a dead zone. It's still cash flows, but it's not it's not a very popular area and there's a pricing tool that we use called wheelhouse. And so if you put an address in wheelhouse and they don't service it, it's a most likely it's a dead zone. Wow. That's a little trick I use. Nice. Well, I'm going to write that one down <laughs> real quick. Do you know uh, if DeSoto is a dead zone? I don't know. I'd actually have to look it up. <laughs> so you'd be surprised. I mean, honestly, when I first started this, my investor group, I'm part of a mentor group and I told them what I was thinking about doing and I about got shouted out of the room. They're like, forget it. It's going to be too much work. It's never going to work. This was like four years ago. And I'm like, I don't listen very well. I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. And so, uh, I mean, what have I got to lose? My house is going to be in great condition. I mean, I have cleaners in there every three or four days. I fix everything as soon as it gets broken. It's awesome. Oh, that's sweet. So you, so you mostly just set up, or you've been setting up for investors. You haven't really like um, started cold calling and started, you know, hitting up people that are renting just regular houses anywhere and trying to get them to do it. I uh, really, what I do is I think the investors are a little easier. It's like uh, low hanging fruit because they don't want to have to deal with a renter that is, you know, they've got bad credit, they got kids, they've got dogs. I mean, they're basically in your house all the time. So we just talk to investors. They see what kind of success we're having and they want a piece of it. Nice. And so where do you find your investors? Well, like I said, we're national speakers. So uh, after our events um, at REI Black Book, we've been approached by several um, investors and uh, we're looking to expand in the DFW area. So we're going to start um, going to some of the RIAs and uh, advertising. Cool. That's mm -hmm. awesome. And um, so, so what, what piqued my interest earlier, you said something about you, um, you did like a virtual setup and a virtual critique. Uh, how, how does that work? Well, it's not my favorite thing to do because basically what happens is somebody else does the setup and then I have to go in and tell them 
basically critique them and let them know what they need to do differently in order to have success. And part of myself and my team managing a property is we have to know that this host, that that property is up to the quality that we're willing to manage. And so, um, for instance, with this investor, he set the whole place up. He got a photographer, and it was very it was a very difficult conversation because I basically had to tell him all the things that he didn't do correctly, and uh, I wasn't sure how he was going to receive it. But uh, basically, we kind of tore apart what he did, and I hired a different photographer. And uh, when he saw the difference, he was like, he was shocked. He was like, "Wow, that is because there's just so much that I've learned over the four years and." I just know what works and what doesn't work at this point after hosting for over 10,000 people. So what kind of things did he, what glaring issues did he have when he tried to set it up? Uh, well, he's a bachelor, kind of like, he set it up like a bachelor pad. And so, I mean, that would work for some guys, but that's not going to work for families or, you know, traveling women. They, they, you know, it was just a bachelor pad. And so basically we had to put like a feminine touch, a little more stylish, put in some fashion, fashionable furnishings, stuff like that. I mean, the pool table was great, but we need a little bit all around it. So he was kind of building his house around the pool table and some posters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man cave. Yeah. That's cool. And, um, so, um, one thing I was going to ask you, because I've had conversations with you before, and yeah, you're growing like crazy, and, and that's awesome, but you, you do have some like um, very stressful moments, and how do you cope with that, and what brings that on? Uh, okay, well, I think experience, actually. Experience, I mean, when I first started, I would freak out over the smallest thing. You know, if a guest wasn't happy, it would definitely... Like I just, I'm a pleaser. I like to make people happy. And so um, I've learned to automate my systems. I've also learned that I'm absolutely not going to please everybody. That was a hard one to swallow because people, some people you just can't make them happy. And then other times I make a mistake and I have to humble myself and just be like, look, I messed up. You know, can I get you a pizza? Can I send over a bottle of wine? You know, do I need to compensate you a free night? I do whatever it takes to make my guests happy even when I make a mistake. But regardless, sometimes you just are not going to win. And then you need to know when to not fight those battles. Nice. Pizza, I'm writing that one down. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and you used to do all your cleanings yourself, right? Yeah, I used to until I realized that um, it's a lot of work. It's backbreaking. Mm -hmm. And I'm not very good at it. So, I mean, I'm, I thought I was good, but then I hired the professionals, and that's all they do all day long. And uh, they're actually a little better at all the details than I am. And how much stress was lifted off your back after you started outsourcing that? Oh, man, a lot of stress goes away. And just know, I don't even, and we have our system set up now that I don't even worry about if they're not going to show up or anything like that because we have our teams in place and everybody we have meetings and schedules and i don't do any of that it's all automated nice nice and so you just got done uh, you're sending me pictures earlier you just got done setting up a unit in dallas yes and so how did that go um 
Well, it was actually our personal property. So we started back in uh, November and we expected to be done in the first month because we were told by a contractor that he'd be done in about a month, which was uh, our first lesson. <laughs> Apparently rehabs take three to four months. And so we just finished. It cost double what we thought it was going to cost. Yeah, that was a little hard to swallow. Mm. Um, but we got this all this furniture and all these decorations, uh, we bought them all at one time. So word kind of got out that I buy furniture because that's, uh, yeah, I don't do it this way anymore, just so you know. I used to run around on Facebook and get all these deals, and I realized how much time I was wasting. But this particular property, we literally went in and bought this lady's furniture, everything. We got a 24-foot U-Haul and a flatbed trailer, and we emptied out our entire house for one price. And so we put it into this, this house. So it wow. made it really easy to decorate. Well, that's cool. And so how how do you usually get um, how do you get your furniture now besides something like that? So the way we're doing it now, because we realized that we were wasting a lot of time um, and also buying products that weren't necessarily that fantastic. So now we're doing um, rooms to go or furniture settings like that, where you just walk in, order it, it's done, it gets delivered to the house, gets assembled, and we can really you know, we can speed up the process, which is money. Every single day that goes by, I'm losing 100 to $200 a day. I love how you look at it like that. When you told me about that, you, uh, you're, you're losing money every day. It's not set up. And so it's more about speed than about going out there and being choosy about trying to find the best deal and save 50 bucks, right? Oh, man, I wasted so much time and so <laughs> much money. I would end up buying stuff that was broken. And yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. And so the rooms to go thing, that was pretty cool too. How you told, how, yeah, explain that to me. So rooms to go are great because it really, it takes a lot of the thinking out of the process. You know, even, I mean, a guy can do this who has absolutely no sense of, of, you know, design, just walk in and be like, yeah, I want that room. And uh, basically they put it all together and you can also get, they usually have these great deals. I think it's between five and seven years of 0% interest. So mm. if you think about it, you can get into your property much lower if you have the appropriate credit and you also have to know that you're going to be able to pay for that within the time period they give you. The biggest mistake people make on those 0% interest things is that they don't pay it. And what happens is all the interest is retroactive and it hits you at the end. So you got to make sure you actually can pay it. I usually schedule it to be paid six months ahead of time. Oh, before it expires. Yeah, or, just in yeah. case. Oh, so, nice. Because mm -hmm. I, I glanced at it, and I think – I don't know if it, if they do that now, but it was saying something like you had to, like, break it up into equal payments until it's paid off. Yeah, you definitely have to make payments. It's not like you could just go six years without – but or seven years or whatever they're offering. But it basically gives you 0% interest until their time period is up. So you're paying payments. You're just not paying for interest. So, so listen to this. I want our, I want our fans to hear this because it sounds pretty cool. You could, I mean, you could theoretically hit up Cami, you know, and then um, say, "Hey, I wanna, I, I wanna set up this my house as an Airbnb," and she can come in there. She'll do all the work, and she'll, you know, she charges her fee. Of course, you got to get paid. It's not, nothing's free in life. So five grand, you, you know, she she'll do your whole house. Of course, you got to pay for the the furniture and stuff. And so you could put all that furniture on um, five to seven year. Um, uh, no interest. Uh, what's a, a rooms to go thing, and um, 
And so you don't have to pay that either. So you can get set up, and then plus the five thousand that that you're paying Cami, you're you get to spread that out, and over the and you, and you pay her as you profit, so that you can get set up like immediately going. And then she does every she can even run it for you. That's pretty. I mean, that freaking blows my mind. Like almost starting off paying zero. That's that's insane. Yeah, and I mean, you gotta remember the that. <sighs> You, you're using your investment vehicle to make money. There's always risk. But the cool thing about my fees is that I'm pretty much taking all the risk. So I get paid in that first month and uh, or two months at the very latest. That's It's never gone that long. But you start, you know, you start profiting probably in the third or fourth month, even if you were to pay everything off. So it's, I mean, it's, it's depending on what your um, insurance is and your overhead for your property, if you own it, rent it, stuff like that. And you're so confident in your skills that like you, you had mentioned, um, you had a client that wanted to run it himself and he was his numbers and he showed you his numbers and you said you can make like three times that. Yeah, actually, it's kind of funny because uh, he came to me about six months ago and he wanted to uh, see what we offered and uh, he thought we were kind of expensive. And so I was like, okay, that's cool. Just give me a call if you need some help. And so he didn't call me, I think, because he was, he, I guess he just didn't feel it was right not to hire me, but still call me and ask for questions. But he got himself in a little bit of an emergency. And uh, one of the guests were very unhappy. And so he called me to kind of see if he could help him out of this jam. And uh, so we started discussing, you know, what to do in that situation. And I said, hey, how are you, how's your numbers? And he's like, oh, you know, we, we lost money. and November I'm like you lost money and he's like yeah like just 500 and he goes uh but we would broke even in December January we actually made 500 I'm like thousand or five hundred dollars and he's like yeah five hundred dollars I'm like no way Jordan and so anyways we uh we looked at his property and I I he should be making about two thousand at the least and especially in December he should have made like five thousand so uh, that those properties are going to go under management with us soon because people just don't realize how much money they'd be leaving on the table by not having the expertise. Yep. Smart, smart. So, how, so okay, you charge 5000 for setup. For a typical 3-2, what's your, what's your going furnishing costs? Between five and 7000 That's everything. That's sheets, towels, silverware. No matter what market, right? Uh, well, I mean, Alaska, it's going to cost a lot more, but I mean. Well, the markets you're in. <laughs> yeah. So we basically buy everything on Amazon or Costco. So we kind of have a, a sheet of our orders. Basically, I just give it to my, uh, to my team. And I'm like, hey, order me this setup for a 3-2. Wow. That is system. That, I love that. So see, on that note, I want to ask Micah. Because you've always been trying to 100% automate everything. Wouldn't that be a way for you to 100% just give it to Cammy and let her do all the work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you can just focus on getting more units and giving them to her. No kidding. Right. That sounds a good deal. That is true. <laughs> so um, I wanted to ask, because you, uh, you have something cool. You have, a, you have an actual real-life assistant. How did that happen? Uh, an assistant? Oh, yeah. uh, Israel? 
oh man, I couldn't do it all by myself. First of all, I'm a creative, so I am all over the place. I will get to the end, but it's going to be like a long, squirrely road. Um, so Israel, he came in about four months ago, and uh, he has just, he's really tried to keep me on the straight and narrow, which is hard. So his job is very difficult. But uh, he basically, I'm the visionary. He is, uh, he implements everything. So he's like, okay, I'll tell him like five or six ideas. And he's like, he's like, okay, one of those are good. And I'm like, no, 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 they're all good. He's like, okay, no, we're going to do one. And so, yeah, so we brought him on board and he's helping us expand. How'd you meet your assistant? Well, he kind of dates my daughter. Oh. So, yeah. Oh. Now, <laughs> you say dates like they're just dating. They're not married or nothing. So what happens no, if, they, if they broke up? You'd still be your assistant. Actually, we talked about that. Um, so in our employee um, contract or independent contractor, we actually talked about all the things that could happen. And I mean, it is really risky working with somebody that's involved with your family. But we, we work through all of those situations ahead of time just to kind of, you know, worst case scenario. But so far, <laughs> we've really enjoyed working together. That's really smart. I never think a lot about that. Like, hey, we got a compensation plan just in case things get a little rocky. I like that. <laughs> smart idea. So um, you consider yourself more like a, a, a hands-on, like I would say hands-on manager or something like that. Do you have to like stop yourself from – how do you stop yourself from micromanaging? Um, well, I'm not a micromanager. Once I hire my people and I realize that they're – they're trained and they're expert in what they do. I actually back off. Um, I, I don't have time to be micromanaging. I have my systems. I hire the people that fit in my systems. And if it turns out that somebody that I've hired doesn't work with my system, then my motto is we hire slow and we fire fast. So we don't screw around if you're not going to work in our systems. And I like okay. that. Straight to the point. Yeah. And so uh, what, what, uh, where do you get your cleaners? Um, we actually got our cleaners locally here from, um, Facebook marketplace. Okay. So, uh, I think we kind of got lucky because the first person that I contacted, um, and there is some funny stories about that because, um, at first our cleaning team, they were very frustrated with me and, uh, Israel gets frustrated with me also because oftentimes I'll change my mind how I want things done. And so that's the beauty of Israel. He's coming in. He's making manuals for our hospitality team. And uh, he reminds me that that's not how I said to do it. And so we actually have a book. But our hospitality team that I first hired, um, they got to the point that they were ready to quit. And it was kind of interesting because I was getting so frustrated that I was like, okay, I'm, I walked in. I was going to fire my, my cleaner, her name is Vanessa. She's the head of hospitality here in Dallas. And uh, she, I told her, I said, look, I don't think this is working. Um, I think it's best if we just part ways. And she said, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. And uh, we both just looked at each other and we just started laughing <laughs> hysterically because it was like, are you serious? Like we both, almost the same words came out of our mouth. We were firing each other. And then we just started laughing. 
And we're like, okay, what's really the problem here? And so she told me what her needs were, and I told her what mine were. And we worked together. We've been together now for four years. And somebody texted me and said that, you know, there's something dirty. No way. I know it's not dirty. I know that there is a guest. One, there might have been a mistake, but most of the time it's because somebody's making something up. Um, and they want a free stay or they want something. Because uh, my team is, I mean, they make mistakes here and there, but they're never going to leave something dirty. See, I, I like how you use that. That's like the power of communication right there. You almost fired someone who was really good. Yeah. Instead, you guys sat there and talked about it. And you realized it wasn't worth it. That's, I've had some, some of those moments. So, yeah. They yeah. Did. You really got to trust your people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't really know that in the beginning because I was, I was micro, micromanaging. But I think I cured myself of micromanaging by getting too busy. I don't have time for it. Yeah. This is how I am. I, uh, I have a really good VA and I do not micromanage them. Like once I send them all the training videos, I can just, I don't even have to look and see if stuff's done anymore. It's just like with you said with your cleaners, you know, it's done. So yeah, it's, it's good having, a, if you have a good team, that's like the best thing you can ask. For. Hey, does that VA need more work? Does that what? Does your VA need more work? Like I'm definitely looking for somebody to take over the human aspect of this. Does he need more work? Yeah. Um, well, he's in the Philippines. So if you, this, this, okay, this has been my issue with having people who are in the Philippines take on the communication side when like, okay, when guests usually hit you up about a problem in the Philippines, they're usually sleep. So oh. that's been my problem. Oh, well, what do you mean? Give me an example. Okay. So because of the time difference, most of my places, the only place he could probably really manage for me is my places over in Fiji. So if they have a problem over there, he's on that side, he can manage it. So something like, okay, I have a place in Arkansas. If they send him something, let's say right at check-in, like they check in at four o'clock, four hours ago. I think the time difference, he's probably in bed, you know, okay. the, so that's been a problem. So what I'm trying to do is he's, he's actually working to get more people hired under him. So where he can have a call center of his own and I just contract state straight with him. And then he just assigns it to people under. So if you do go over there for like that type of where you want people to handle the communication, definitely see if you can get someone with a team behind them. Yeah, that's, um, that's definitely what we would be looking at. And you also need to look at your time zones yep. and see if you can get people to manage the times when you're sleeping. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think Italy, I'm not sure. No, not Italy. It was Israel is a good time zone. That's exactly where Guesty is too. Yep. In that but they they that one percent I wasn't feeling it. I was like one eh. percent. They charge way more than that. They charge a really? lot. Yeah, yeah, they were charging me one percent, but I I gave them cool. a couple of listings. But yeah, they how much do they charge now? Um, I don't want to quote it because the last time I looked at it, all I know is I was like, no way, I'm not doing it. Yeah, it it, it was it, it it's they have good service kind of, but they promise you they promise you stuff and never deliver on it and it's like well yeah. and just the setup i mean it's like flying an airplane you got to go in and learn their system and it's like i i tried twice and then i quit and i'm just like it, it was a lot of work if, if, Jesse, if you're listening right now we're not dogging you we're just saying <laughs> hey, man, if you want to give us money that's fine hey if they want to make their systems easier that work for the average joe 
I'm all for it, but right now it's not there. Yeah, because I was able to, like on their messaging side, I was literally able to take all my listings, put them over on Smart BNB, and within a day, done. Yeah, I'm on Smart, I'm on Smart BNB right now. See, and that's what I mean. It should be that easy, you know? Yeah, I mean, honestly, Smart BNB is not easy either. You have to know your systems. You got to have your messaging. I mean, when you have 14 listings and I have them on Airbnb and VRBO, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work on the front end. And that's actually something that we're looking into selling our templates so that even if somebody doesn't want us to manage or set up, that we'll go in and we will sell our template. So basically you just take what we do, put your address put a little bit of whatever, you know, your special sauce on it and we've done all the work for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's smart. That's smart. Cause yeah, the, th the one thing that I've made me fall in love with smart BNB is once they got integrated with HomeAway, I knew for a fact that was a game changer. So yeah, if you guys want a messaging system, definitely look at smart BNB and their uh, auto IQ responses. I love those as well. Yeah. I got a referral code. I can, uh, recommend you know smart bnb is really cool because they actually give whoever refers 25 percent of what is um of a person's lead mm -hmm. they don't do any other advertising besides uh inside referrals yeah we got to get adrian on i mean is his name adrian pierre pierre camille i think we got to get him on now i asked um earlier um well how do you find your cleaners but have you heard of turnover bnb i have heard of turnover bnb i I looked into it and uh, I didn't really like the way I don't like the fees that they charge. And I also don't like the fact that you have to use their cleaners. I like their system, but you have to use their network of cleaners. And when I went to go pay them, they were charging a pretty high fee. I used Zelle to pay all my um, team members this way. There's no charges for to do that. And uh, I think they were charging like 4% just to oh. pay your cleaners. Oh, they've changed it now. You can use your own cleaners. But they oh, okay. charge a flat fee, like, hey, you pay, like, $72 for the year, so you break Oh, that. really? Well, mm -hmm. I got to circle back and look at that. Yeah, because yeah, so my, clean, oh, my, my cleaner's out in Arkansas. I uh, onboard all of them on there, and then I have them go from there. So, yeah, definitely check it out. Because it's, it's awesome because it links them to your Airbnb calendar. So they don't even need you to call them or send them a message or whatever you do and say, hey, you need to turn, you know, or even – sit there and try to match it all up on there whatever they use it just totally it sends them a message it says when the, the checkout happened and they they go in there do their thing and i mean you don't have to do anything it's it's that's why i like it yeah well we do that with smart bnb we okay. set them up with their own account with their own calendar they get a text message they get an email and they get a reminder like i think it's like two hours before and be like hey don't forget to show up <laughs> that's awesome too yeah I, we just i just had a lot of luck with um with that uh, turnover bnb we even interviewed the ceo and uh, he lives out there in hawaii but it was it was a, it was a pretty cool, cool interview what what i what i like you said it charges them a fee right like four percent of what they if they're cleaning i i, I don't know i don't remember i'm bad with yeah. numbers when it's it like yeah it's like three percent if you use their cleaners and pay them through the app I, that was one thing that was pushing me away and then i realized oh i can just pay a flat fee for the year and just onboard a cleaner i was i was more then I was more lenient with it. I was like, okay, I'll do that. Yeah, we'll I'll definitely take a look. But that's different cleaners all the time, right? It's, no, you, you can using... lock one in. You can lock oh, one okay. in. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what happened with me. I found a cleaner that I really liked. I mean, she did an awesome job. And so um, 
it, it goes if you give her like a, a five star like review right away because that's what's cool about it too because they're reviewed and you can see if you know, who's good or who's bad and you give them a five star review right away they automatically have first dibs at all your cleanings that you post and so I, I told her you know I said you know, are they taking money from your so oh, they take a little bit I was like well I could pay you I could sell you the money or I could do whatever and pay you outside the system if you want she goes oh you know what let's just leave it in the system because I like how their calendar works. It lets me know when everything's going on and it keeps, keeps everything balanced for me. Cause she has, she does other cleanings too. So she just, she turned down like extra money. She could have got just to stay in their system and get in. Okay. So it'd be more organized. I, I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. So one of the things we do with our hospitality team is we have um, laminated checklists at every one of our listings and because it's so easy to forget things, especially when you have like three bathrooms or, you know, you basically they have to go get that checklist and they have to go through each one of them and make sure they check it off before they leave. And that's really helped us cut back on any sort of human error. One more cool thing that you mentioned checklist. You set up your checklist on, on turnover BNB. So any cleaner that grabs the job, it gets emailed your checklist and she could, you know. And you can steal it. other people's checklists. Exactly. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> I I'm sorry. It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like a commercial for a turnover, but that's you know I'm not I'm not a big I'm not a you know rock star Airbnb like you. I think you laughed at my numbers one time, but no, it never did. <laughs> no, I just I knew I could help you. That's all. Yeah, because how did you hit me up? How did we? Uh, yeah. you. I think you saw me on one of the forums or something, and then uh, you called me and like talked to me for hours on end. <laughs> and I kept telling you how busy I was. I'm like, dude, I gotta go. No, no, no. I think that was reverse. Um, <laughs> I think you found a listing I had on. I, I swear, I swear, it's in my mind like this. My my Hearst house. I swear, I I put a listing and I put it on Craigslist. And I, I critiqued and, and, it. You remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you said, yeah, you, you critiqued it. You know, <laughs> you throw away grandma's furniture already. Oh and, gosh. Uh, <laughs> I made good money. I thought I made. Did you make? Did you paint those paintings on the wall? Uh, no, a buddy of mine did. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's art house Hearst, man. That was that was the shit. But um, <laughs> so <laughs> let me get this. Let me get it. Steve asked you a bunch of questions. You answered them, and Steve didn't implement anything. <laughs> no, None. but he still made money. I, I made money. But I he left you. a lot on the table. Yeah, I did. I left a lot on the table. I was juggling, you know, a new baby and, you know, new marriage and yeah, whatever. I'm just, yeah. Yeah, just think but, if you would have hired me back then. But I, 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 I saw the error in my way. I thought about it and I said, hey, do you still want to, you know, you know, I moved on to another thing now and you, you were like on like, like 500 new projects. And you, <laughs> so you kind of said, yeah, I really don't want to run your um, crappy house. It's so, <laughs> not like that. You didn't say it like that. But no. I did, you, said you, you didn't have to, you told me you didn't, you politely said you didn't have time to to run it for me and um anyways the next you know a few months later Hearst bands it anyway so whatever and um Hearst bandit my other one in arlington barlington band airbnb and, and it's just been a domino effect man and so yeah you know all about that yeah we just got um we just lost a pretty big property the ten thousand dollar a month property we just got shut down so uh, we're kind of waiting to see what happens with a neighboring city that's in the middle of the litigation right now. So, um, yeah, it's it's devastating when that happens. It hurts. Okay. But what's that? Okay. Um, it was this in Texas, the state of Texas? Oh, yeah. Not so far from gonna, where you are. <laughs> I, was, uh, I wasn't going to mention this yet, but 
there is a new thing called strshield.com. Someone brought them to me and they're like, if you want to be protected by your, uh, you know, by local laws or whatever, they'll help you put properties under LLCs. So it's protected against city fines. I haven't done it yet, but I, it was just sent to me. So I want everyone to check that out. Um, people in the Texas, in Texas, um, I really think the only way to get around those bans is we're going to have to write letters to wherever your Airbnb is. You're going to have to write a letter to whoever's sitting in the Senate seat for that area. Because since this, because the state already says it's legal. So it's, that's the pretty much the only way I would see, because you're going to have to get them to do what they did to Austin. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, actually when we, um, we're having a little trouble with this property that we're going to lose quite a bit of money on. So we actually consulted with our attorney and it's the same attorney that's actually fighting the grapevine lawsuit. And so they basically said that the laws that these cities are making are unconstitutional. Oh. And uh, not only are they unconstitutional, but they're also discriminatory. They discriminate between a 30 day rental versus a you know, anything under 30 days, you're basically doing the same exact thing. It's just a different time period, which is discriminating. Mm -hmm. So we are considering whether or not we're going to move forward and uh, test the law and actually bring forth a lawsuit. Uh, the only how, what, what, what headway is the one in uh grapevine? What is he making? Is he making headway right now? They're, uh, they're, I think it's the second court of appeals in Fort Worth. I'm not sure on that, but um, I don't even know if there's a court date set. But the cool thing is the owners that brought the lawsuit, they're in an injunction, so they're able to operate right now legally. And that's what we're kind of hoping we could jump on. Now, the Arlington got just straight denied, right? Yeah, they didn't yeah. ban it though. The difference is Arlington. The way they did it is they actually offered up an option to the people within a certain range. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the difference between Grapevine and Arlington and Austin. Yeah, because Arlington, well, they Arlington shut down. I think what probably eighty percent of the city. Probably ninety percent. Huh? Only one mile of the city can do Airbnb. Yeah, so about eighty percent of the city got shut, and then. Well, they're still complaining. Uh, did you see the sh the news just about two days ago? They did a story on Arlington Airbnbs, the ones that are actually legal. And it was a very negative story. They didn't get – they had one person say, well, I don't care what they do with their property. They should be able to do what they don't want to. But, yeah, that was just running on CBS News like three nights ago. I can believe it. Wow. Rich people paying a lot of money to give Airbnb a bad name. Yeah, unfortunately, there are those hosts out there. You got to admit, it would not be fun to live next to a house where there's a host who is out of state or they just let people party there. You know, that's not cool. Yeah, because that, that's how Arlington got banned. One bad apple. Yeah. Party house. But that's what kind of made me mad. I'm like, well, hold on. We're, we're, you're going to shut down 300 plus Airbnbs because of one person? But... I, 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 ain't, I probably wouldn't want to live next to an Airbnb. So I understood those people's complaints, but it gets one bad apple. So now why wouldn't you want to live next to an Airbnb? Um, a poorly ran Airbnb probably you mean probably or one at all. Not me. I probably wouldn't want to. Why? 
just in general traffic in and out i wouldn't want to but but that's just me so well let's uh let's talk about that just a little bit because um we're we're actually proposing something right now in what our city um we're trying to turn our uh our property out in argyle into a wedding venue and so one of the opposition that we get is the stranger danger and that we're bringing strangers into the neighborhood well okay what happens if your neighbor has some guests over you don't know them okay or what about across the street we have a business complex they're bringing in strangers so i mean people need to get over the idea of different people coming into your neighborhood. It's not like you know what your neighbor's doing. I mean, you got the Unabomber sometimes next door. You don't even know. So. True. Yeah. My current neighbors are good weed smoking Americans though. (laughs) uh, You know, I mean, I I I don't know. Uh, But I don't know. It's just, mine's not really the stranger danger. It's just more of the traffic. It might be just because of where I'm at. See, like, traffic, that's weird for me. Most of my people use Uber. Like, I, really? I don't even see their car. Yeah, we rarely even have cars in the driveway. Yeah, mine always has cars. That's... Yeah, mine, mine always has cars. That's well, they need to clean their garage out so people can park in the garage. Yeah, that's smart. If you can yeah, get I'll... those cars hidden, it's best. Then the, you know, the neighbor next door who doesn't have thing, anything to do isn't, you know, got her binocs out. It's weird. Like most hosts that I talk to, they don't like their guests using the garage. I'm like, I offer the garage all the time if it's available. I don't know what. Well, my garage, it used to be full of all the Facebook crap that I bought, the marketplace. But now that Israel's on board, he didn't let me stockpile like I used to. So now I actually have a garage people use. Oh, nice. Nice, nice. Man, I was going to ask a really good question. And it just fell out of my head. Um, <laughs> so, so, okay, okay. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, it's funny. We talk about who we want to live next to and all that stuff. Which, um, you know, you're buying, you're buying a house. You're not buying the whole neighborhood, right? So, I mean, who who are you going to say who can live, <laughs> who can live next to you, stuff like that. But, anyways, on that note, um, a friend from one of the one of the Airbnb groups posted something. You know, she always posted stuff about our our you know liberties being violated by them shutting down airbnb stuff like that and that's cool she posted something um something the other day though saying that that she pointed out some law in california where in certain certain cities that where they're, they're not letting you work on your own car in your garage anymore oh man and she's saying yeah it's overstepping and this and that and you know and i agree in the most part but um they said you could do just basic kind of things on your car you can't just you can't switch engines out or whatever but anyways I was like, you know, on, on I, I agree with uh, our, our liberties shouldn't be violated, stuff like that. But on that note, I also see the other side a little bit because I lived I lived in a spot one time where the neighbors directly in front of me, it was just a, a bunch of dudes that had old cars that they were always out there with the with the metal music or the hardcore rap and just drinking all freaking day, garage open with working on these PO piece of crap cars and. I didn't like that either, but really, what can, there's nothing they can do about it. They can work on their cars and their on their driveway or in their garage. It just, it just, you know. You can, can live in an HOA if you want that kind of restriction. Live in an HOA. Personally, I live on seven acres. 
I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I don't want to see people's crap. I don't want to smell their smoke. I don't want to listen to their dogs bark. But that's basically what I choose. But uh, if you want to control how other people live, then you got to pick a property that's farther away from people. That I do agree with if you want that. See, me, I don't mind the – I guess I could live next to an Airbnb. I mean, my – Where do you my, live? Uh, south side of Arlington. Almost oh, man, I already have a place right next to you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, no, not these people. These My neighbors, they're uh, – Yeah, you don't know. You don't I'm know not, what's going on. I would know. I, I would know I'm the only Airbnb on the block because uh, when I used to Airbnb over here, my neighbors actually, if they had family coming to town, they come knock on my door and be like, "Hey, is your upstairs available?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, you know." So, and they hook them up with my Airbnb listing. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wanted to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, was, I, I guess I probably wouldn't mind it. You know, they might bring in some fun. But what were you saying? Oh, I was going to mention something that you had talked about, the LLC and the fines. Um, when we consulted with the attorney, one thing that we did find out is that when you have a fine against an LLC, you need to have a lawyer or an attorney present with you in court. You cannot represent an LLC. So that's one of the reasons why we took one of our properties out of the LLC and put it in my personal name so that when I go in there, I can defend myself for the most of the part, I can go all the way through my appeals process without an attorney. But if you have an LLC, it could get very expensive because you cannot represent yourself. You have to have an attorney for an LLC. Ooh, that's a good way to think. Let me think about it. <laughs> Start thinking now. <laughs> but if they racked up all the fines, could you not pay the fines? Well, I mean, most of the time at LLC, unless you're hiding in Wyoming or something like that, uh, which some people do, eventually they're going to find you and you're going to be liable for those fees or fines. Unless you're really, really sneaky. But I don't know. I'd rather just, yeah, be able you know, be accountable for whatever. If you're, you know. There's, I, I guess I see it like this. There's, there's so much money to be made on the up and up. Why, why risk doing all that stuff, right? Getting fined and everything. It's not a good feeling to be uh, to be operating underground. It's I've been doing it for quite a while, and uh, oh it's, yeah, yeah. It's not really. It's just you wake up every day and you think, okay, is this my last day? And uh, it's not a good feeling. Do you so, want to do you want to tell the story how you were discovered? Well, okay, yeah, I will tell the story. Okay, so basically, what happened was I had this awesome deal with an insurance company. Uh, a realtor had contacted me through Airbnb and said that she had a client and uh, they needed a place to live for three months. And so um, I worked with the realtor outside of Airbnb and it turns out that it's a company called ALE. ALE is a third party housing. They find housing for their insured. So when I talked to the ALE, the basically the middleman between the insured and the insurance company, I was able to negotiate a killer contract. So on this one three-bedroom, two-bedroom, three-bed, two-bath house, I got 10000 a month. Yeah, it was sweet. It was one of my best. So whose internet's unstable? Mine? It's – sorry, I got a little message saying it was unstable. So anyways, $10,000 a month for uh, three months guaranteed – and on top of that, okay, this is a real kicker. I'm very good at negotiating. I ask them for all the money up front. 
And so I got it. I got this giant check like day one. And uh, I actually posted it on one of the Facebook groups for, um, for Airbnb and they suspended my account because <laughs> they thought I was lying. And they, I was like, okay, I was just trying to help people and show them like what I did. And so I got, I got taken off the professional Airbnb host for, I don't know, a little while. They let me back on, but um, people were so mad because I did a Facebook live and I was showing them the check and people were just like, you're full of it. This is bogus. This doesn't happen. And I'm like, uh, okay, I'm going to cash the check now. <laughs> so anyways, so this guy, he gets into my house and I should have known better because anytime I have somebody who stays more than about a week, they begin to get on my nerves. Does, do you guys have that experience? Yeah, they, they kind of get picky, start asking. Yeah, it's stuff. like yeah. they notice the little squeak in the floor or the cabinet squeak. They start asking you to fix stuff. And if someone's just staying for two or three days, they don't care. They're like, whatever. So this person, he ends up being an absolute nightmare. Like, I am a puppet on his string. He's making me – he's just awful. And the thing is, is, like, he knows a very important person in the city that I'm in. And so he held that over my head. So basically I had to do every single thing he told me to do. And then he still turned me in. Turned yeah. In? Yeah. He posted my address and my name on Facebook in front of 1.5 million of my neighbors. <laughs> Ouch. Mm. Wow. That's yeah. Crazy. And his accusations were just ridiculous. So anyways but he was stuffing your toilet and making it flood yeah he, yeah he did he there was a lot of stuff but we won't we won't get into too many details he's gonna get his you know wow. just the way it is but, but, but you made thirty thousand, right oh yeah but think how much it cost me mm. 120 a year oh so yeah i Honestly, if I had it to do go to do over again, I would have played a lot nicer because um, I got to the point where I got tired of being told what to do. And so I pushed back a little bit and I think that was a very costly mistake. I got to stop though. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like with Airbnb guests and stuff, like sometimes I've made some critical mistakes. Like, for instance, we had some guests who uh, overstayed, and my hospitality team was driving around for an hour waiting for them to leave. So I got a little hot under the collar because I don't like it when my people are affected by other people's mistakes. And so I, I let them know they need to leave, and they still didn't leave. So I went over to the house, knocked on the door. I was very, very polite. We have ring cameras, and uh, I was very intentional how I spoke to this guest. Uh, but they got all upset, accused me of discrimination and all kinds of stuff. And uh, they ended up paying double the nightly fee because that's what Airbnb does when you overstay. Mm -hmm. um, but they left me a one-star review, all caps, worst host ever, and basically took one of our listings from being a five-star down to like a four-three. Mm. And so it's taken me a well, that happened like four months ago. So it seems like one one-star review, it takes like 50 five-star reviews to ever climb your way back out of the hole. So 
oftentimes what I'll do if the listing's fairly new and that one star is affecting me, I'll literally start another listing up, exact same listing, and uh, I'll end up deleting the old one. Yeah, that's what I do too. Duplicate it and move on. Yeah, cause there's they, a a little trick though. I do. I bring my reviews with me. Do you know how to do that? How do you do that? I take screenshots of the reviews and I put them in my pictures. Okay, good idea. So, okay, that's yeah. a good idea. So hey, y'all learning some stuff. Yeah. yeah that's sweet. Um, so. What what are your future plans with um, Airbnb, short term rentals, corporate rentals, whatever? What do you got? What do you got in the books and the work? Uh, well, Dallas is uh, right now is Airbnb friendly, so we are looking at investing more in Dallas. We just bought one, finished it up, getting ready to open it. I think this weekend. So one of the things that we always do with our listings that I think a lot of um, hosts kind of take the shortcut and it's a it's a big mistake you should always stay in your listing a couple days before you actually give it out to guests because there's just things that you're going to notice when you get in there that you're like oh man i didn't realize that you know this was loose or wait it where, where your, where's the paper towels you know all these different things that when you actually live in it you can really test it out and see what's missing so our family is going to go spend the night in it and we're going to actually cook a meal and make sure all the dishes are there and all that so we should be opening on monday so that is, that's what's up i was going to say that is a huge tip that i must miss over all the time so yeah definitely stay in your airbnb well, and if you can't do it, then what we do is we usually have a couple of our friends do it, and we book we have them book through Airbnb so that we can get the review. And uh, but here's the thing: like you got to make sure that person's a friend, because some people just aren't smart, and they <laughs> oh well, I'll give you a three star. I mean, I thought it was pretty good. I'm like, you did what? <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. Well, they were like, well, that's pretty good, right? No, no. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. You gotta educate your friends, and we educate our guests. We let them know. I hit them up for five star review five times. When they inquire, we're here to give you a five star experience. When they book, oh, we're so excited to give you that five star experience. Next, the next day, hey, I really hope you're enjoying your experience. Our goal is to give you a five-star experience. I mean, we're like, some people have commented that we kind of like shove it down their throat, but we have 500 five-star reviews. And our reviews, we get like an 80% review. Most people get like 40. Mm -hmm. So I have a yeah. checkout message for their five-star review every time. Well, we also explained to them what a five-star um, review is in the house because some people don't understand and this is the one that makes me so mad. They give me a one-star review for location. Dude, you picked it. <laughs> like, how could that be my fault? Yeah, it's a couple of location and the other one is um value. Yes. It's I mean, like what? you picked what? the price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's those like, are the two ones that Airbnb should kind of I don't know what they should do with them, but it's kind of, I don't, yeah. well, location, I do have one that's kind of in an 
it's not in a bad neighborhood, but it's around the corner. So you have to go through the bad neighborhood to get to the good neighborhood. So I always get like a little risky on the location. That's going to happen to me. My place is down in uh, right next to Love Field. And if they come in off a of Northwest Highway, oh, yeah. it's going to be rough. So I'm going to actually send them a map and tell them the preferred way to get in. And I'll be like, don't listen to Google Maps because uh, I'm going to send them in the right way. But I mean, our home is next to million dollar houses, but two blocks over, it's rough. Now, if they want to pick up some um, some drink and some substances, they should listen to Google Maps because that's where that's where you want to get it. Yeah, there's a lot of salty places over there on that road. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you, funny. We're talking about one star reviews, and um, and I told you, I told you my thing. You know how City of Arlington found me, and they they find me, and this and that, and pretty much told me shut down, or we're gonna keep finding you. And so I I shut down, and I moved all my guests to my primary residence. And I, you know, I talked to Airbnb, they helped me set it up. They told me, just make it like a dummy listing kind of thing mm-hmm. and move them over and then just shut that one down. And, and, you know, and they'll both be off the book. So the, even like the current city I live in, they, they won't see it either, whatever. And so everybody, I called everybody, you know, one by one, told them the whole situation. I'm getting shut down. I could either, you know, you could, you're free to cancel or I could put you up in my home here. It's only a few more minutes away from the stadiums or whatever. And so every single one of them agreed to it. And, you know, I guess I, you know, a little gratitude would be good, but whatever. I was, I was moving from my own home to, <laughs> to, to help these people out. Right. And so otherwise. And your pocketbook were, too, though. Well, I, I got paid exactly the same money though. Oh all, yeah. Yeah. I, they just transferred all their listings here and you know, they didn't have, you know, they've already paid for them and stuff. So they just, they were able to stay at my house and it's a bigger house, two story, five bedroom. Uh, it's got a pool, not you know, it's winter time. They couldn't use it, but anyways, so they got a, to me, what I thought was a better deal, and and so all of them left me five star reviews except for one late one girl, one one woman, and she <laughs> and she, oh man, she complained about some stupid stuff, but and and she left me a one star review, and I was like, and and she left me like you know a bad review on there, explained this and that, and I was like, and I. I kind of went off on her a little bit. I was like, listen, Oh you no. Know, no, I know, whatever. I was like, well, I'm done Airbnb and yeah. whatever. I don't care anyways. So she's going to, people are going to see her things. I don't know how that works, but, but so I left to think I, I got out of my own home. So y'all could have a spot. She only rented it for one day. Cause she wanted to do like Christmas with her family. She was one oh, of those. Oh man. Are you serious? I let her say, I said, it's, I said, I let her check in early. I let her, I let her, let her leave uh-uh. late. You know, you know, it was just available. I just wanted to help my, I just want, you know, I bent over backwards to to give a great experience, and I got a one star review from it. And <laughs> it's just some people you can't please, no matter what. I could have just let her. Okay, fend for yourself. Go find another spot last minute for Christmas. See what happens. So we've learned something. No good deed goes unpunished. So uh, instead of saying, uh, instead of giving people things like, for instance, if they say, uh, you know could we get an early check-in? You know, we're, we really want to get in early. And I'll be like, absolutely. Yes. We have a $35 upgrade fee. If, would you like to take it? Oh yeah. We don't really want to get in early or same thing with late checkout. I'm like, I don't say no anymore. I just say how much. So it's like, yeah, you want it. This is what you, and you know, once in a while we get somebody who pays the, um, the upgrade, but once in a while, I get a review said 35 bucks for two hours is ridiculous. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but they wanted it in early, so. 
Yeah, any other any other business out there is going to charge you, right? Yeah, exactly. And if you go to Hilton or something and you want to get an early check-in, they're not going to guarantee it. Matter of fact, even if they give you a late check-in, you're not going to get anything for it. And the way it is with Airbnb is you get crucified if you're not ready. By the, I, that's, our, that's the first time you and I talked. You said you got a bad review because the cleaners weren't finished. Remember? It was oh, my first talk like four yeah. years ago. Yeah, well, because someone left late. There was yeah. a late checkout. And so, and that's another thing. I mean, that's, that's kind of, a, that's kind of a, a hard one because you want to tell the people, I'm going to charge you 50 bucks for a late checkout, you know, they, even though they're, but you know, you're going to get a bad review for telling them that, you know, how does, how do you do that? You know, uh, we just, we spin it like it's an upgrade and it's, it's not like a punishment. It's like they choose. It's like, oh, absolutely, yes, you can definitely sign up for that upgrade if it's available. Let me check with my team and see. So no, no, we no, make no, it, no. What about oh. people? No, I'm talking about people that just taking their sweet-ass time to leave, and oh, they're not, they're no. not out of there in the, on the time they're supposed to be out of there. We've only had that happen once. Okay, and what did, how did you handle it? Not well. Not well <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, it just didn't go well, and I got screwed on my review, man. It was That's... bad because they pissed me off, and I actually went right to – after being nice for so long, I was like, all right, I'm done. So I had Airbnb on the phone. I just handed them the phone, and I said, okay, you guys are going to get charged at overstay fee. So it was like an extra 300 bucks. Mm. See, that's what I was going to tell you. You put a, put a fee in there. If they stay over, put that fee in there. That's what you got. Oh, I mean, that's in the Airbnb terms of services. It's in oh. there. How it's much is it? Overstay. Mm -hmm. Is it like a percentage of the? No, it's just double the night nightly booking rate. Double. Wow, well, I'm just so, learning that. I'm I mean, right you now. have to go to the mat and you got to fight for it, but I'm um, I'm pretty good at fighting. How, how late do they have to check out? Is there a certain time frame? I mean, it. I don't. I don't really screw around with somebody who's like that hour or something like that, but. These girls were like two hours, and when I went to go talk to them, they gave me attitude, which in turn kind of turned my attitude around. But I got to learn to be better at that. Yeah, I, I definitely outsourced all my customer service because I'm not good at that. But, <laughs> like, I, I know what you mean. I feel like I would charge a fee, especially if it affects the next guest coming in. I think you should definitely have a fee. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, I got to buy them dinner. Like, that's, that's happened before, and I had this one guy, and I'm like, look, I'm really sorry. You know, somebody got out late, but um, how about I send you and your family out for dinner? And uh, actually, it was a lady. She was by herself. And this lady, she went – I sent her to a nice restaurant in our town. She bought herself two pieces of pie. She had a bottle of wine. I mean, by the time she got done, it was more money that I spent for her dinner than she paid for the booking. <laughs> Oh, no, man. no good no. deed goes unpunished. Yeah, so next time, okay, so this is what I did. I said, go out and buy yourself dinner. Now what I'm going to say is here's 40 bucks to go enjoy dinner. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to give them she – came, she sent me a bill for $80 for one person. <laughs> oh she said, yeah, and it says on the receipt she had a cheesecake and then she had one to go. Like, oh. Totally took advantage, right? Yeah. Take that to your boss to be like, nah, I ain't paying for the second cheesecake. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But you know what? It was my fault because the only time we've ever missed a cleaning is when I was in charge of it. I was supposed to clean it. I forgot. Mm. So, 
yeah, we, we just don't have, we don't leave me in charge of that kind of stuff anymore. It's dangerous. See, guys, that is the power of not only outsourcing, but knowing your strengths and weaknesses, and then you do a better job overall. Outsourcing what you're not good at, understanding that, and then your, your business keeps thriving. One cool, yeah, exactly. And one cool thing that you, you told me, Cammie, is that, is that by renting, by renting that house, the one that's 10000 a month, and um, it helped y'all get through like a, a tough time. It actually it helped support y'all through a tough time. Yeah, actually, my husband, I don't know what the deal is, but he's been getting laid off in the last couple of years. I think it's the gray ceiling. You know, you anytime you get after 50, 55, it seems like the corporate kind of kicks you to the curb. Mm-hmm. which really, really stinks. It doesn't make any sense because that's when people are usually hitting their stride and they're very experienced and very polished. But corporate America kind of has been spitting my husband out, which is frustrating. That's really why we started. I started my business with Airbnbs because I wanted more control over my destiny, although these cities and all this regulation makes it a little bit you know, iffy but I have another idea that I'm working on actually because uh, like I'm always just a little bit out in front of other people's ideas. And one thing that I wanted to do was the uh, sprinter van. So I want to do Airbnb on wheels. So basically when a city runs me out, I just move to the next. <laughs> 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 so, and not only that, like when it's a great time to rent up in the Northwest, it's a summer. Okay. When summer's done, I head down to Florida. So I have a year-round busy season. So uh, when my, you say Northwest, where, what do you mean? Washington State, California, Oregon. Uh, you you rent in Washington State, and Oregon? Um, yeah. Well, actually, what we were going to do, we were going to buy a fleet of uh, of vans, and we were the, people were doing this. We actually rented one. We rented two. We rented one for a week up in Seattle. It cost us $1,200 for the week. And my husband and I, we were just testing the market to kind of see if this is something we wanted to do. And uh, it's, it's outdoorsy. I don't know if you've heard of that or not, but they, it's a platform where you can rent your RV. And so I wanted to do these sprinter vans because they're basically tiny homes on wheels. And so what we learned was 32 years of marriage is not enough to spend that much time together in a little tiny van where you eat, sleep, go to the bathroom, shower. It's, uh, no, it's not cool. <laughs> so, but we learned so much because it's a completely different business model. Mm-hmm. Like Airbnb guests, they're usually hardly in your house. But if you're going to be renting a Sprinter van, they're always in that house. They're always in there. So the wear and tear on that property, uh, and plus, how do you know how they're going to drive? And so we learned a lot. We decided we're not going that direction. So, and you said this is popular in Washington and Oregon, because where, that's where I'm from. So I'm like, hold on, that's popular up there? Oh, yeah. It's very popular, but um, oh. they're very expensive to get into. And uh, the wear and tear and the insurance and outdoorsy takes 25%. Like, it's, it's a lot. So you need a bunch of them. Well, I think there needs to be a better platform. 25% is really gouging the owners. I think it's because, uh, and it's on wheels, right? Yeah. They're sprinter yeah. vans. Have you seen them? Mm-mm. Oh, man, they are, 
it's it's one of my dreams I actually because I like to travel a lot but I like to have all the things like that I like yeah go to outdoorsy.com or put in I'll share it with you later oh okay I seen okay a 2020 Mercedes-Benz Sprinter yep exactly whoa these things are huge they make them nice they're expensive up in them they cost like the really nice ones are about 180 190,000 they're they're expensive yeah, this dude has a custom one for 200K. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So we well, also the- went, to, we went to Santa Cruz, and we stayed in the Santa Cruz Mountains in a tiny home. And uh, that's all the rage, actually. Tiny homes are where it's at. These millennials, they love tiny homes. Mm-hmm. So if you can get a tiny home with a composting toilet, and uh, you can put it somewhere where people frequent, and the city, you know, it's, it has to be a little bit outside of cities. This was my thing with tiny homes. This is what I was going to do. I was just going to buy a plot of land and put a bunch of tiny homes on. But this was my thing. Does tiny homes include land? Does it, is it considered land improvement? Not if it's, it can move. It's, it's similar to a manufactured home or a mobile okay. home. So, if you can put a foundation down and you can anchor it to it, that's different. Okay. So basically like we have a manufactured home that we, that's the place in Justin. And uh, <clears throat> we put about 20,000 into it. The funny thing is when people pull up, cause I mean, we show all the pictures for Airbnb, but I'll sometimes I'll get a text message and be like, I don't think we're at the right place. I'm like, why is that? And they're like, uh, we didn't rent a mobile home. And I'm like, Oh, oh yeah, you did. So they walk <laughs> in and they're like, oh, it's really nice inside, you know. So, but yeah, we, we tried to get refinancing on it and we have to actually anchor it down to the foundation uh, for it to actually be, you know, like included in the value of the land. Okay. So if you were to get like 20 tiny homes, you anchor it down, then it would improve. Okay. But, but the beauty of a tiny home is if the city changes the regulation, you just move somewhere else. So how hard is it? Can you, you can unanchor them though, right? Yeah. Oh man. See, you're helping me out now. See, I was, that was my holy thing about uh, tiny homes. I'm like, if that don't include, it doesn't include land improvement. I was kind of scared, but. There's wheels. You just yeah. pull up and go on to the next town. Jeez. Not only that, you could move on the seasons. So if you have a lot down in Florida and you want to pull that thing down there, you know, that's what we were going to do. We were going to move our entire fleet from the Northwest down to Florida, like on a cycle. Dang. Nice. That's smart. That's smart. But we, we actually learned it wasn't that smart because vehicles break down the insurance. Um, just how much time people spend in there. It's a lot of wear and tear. And uh, I think maybe a few marriages might get ruined. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My husband, I was like, oh man, we've never had a real argument like in all these years, but he, I thought we we're going to have to go to a hotel and just eat the thousand bucks. <laughs> but after about eight hours, he calmed down. See, and I think, I think that's the thing with why these companies like, uh, okay, like if you get a Sprinter van, I think that's why they charge that 25% is because of all the extra insurance. Cause you know, Turo charges that too. Well, they charge it on top of that. So we, so the platform, we need to start a new platform. That's where the money's at. Like why not just use everyone else's assets and just have a software piece. 
true. Now we're talking. He does it, yeah. I'm down for that because I think uh, hey, I, I think it's time for Airbnb to have a legit competitor. Yeah, I, me too. Hey, did you all hear about uh, VRBO? I heard some chatter the other day that VRBO is not paying people and they're not giving refunds to their guests. I don't know if that was just like a random. It was on Facebook, uh, one of those uh, Airbnb professional hosting. Let me check my payouts because someone just stayed with me on VRPO. <laughs> Hold on, that's good. Yeah. Well, it, it would take you 30 days to get it. Oh. VRBO takes forever. Mm. Hold up, VRBO. We might have a problem. But yeah, I, I do know that that was my only thing with them. I know they pay they pay a little bit weirder than Airbnb, but I've been noticing Airbnb's payouts have been slowing down. Like you know sure how they people, are. They're using our float. Dude. Mm. It's like if you have like I used to if I have like ten reservations in a day, ten check-ins, usually that next day I get the bulk of the payouts. Sometimes the payouts come in the day after, like the day usually after usually takes season. three. I mean, they say they're sending it the next day, but usually three to seven days. But you know, they're smart. They're using our money. Even though Airbnb got paid a long time ago. Oh, I know. And sometimes the guests get mad because they're like, we already paid. Or even with VRBO, they're like, well, you already have my money. And it's like, no, they don't understand. <laughs> I don't have your money. <laughs> yeah, I just send them the number. Call these guys. Talk to them, you know. Oh, look, I think you're right. I don't think Homeways paid me. Oh, yeah, no. people, are, uh, people are worried that they're, gonna, they're going out of business because oh. they're – People are trying to get refunds and guest hosts are trying to get paid. So I don't know. I'm actually thinking I'm going to pull my listings all off of there because I don't want to get stuck with someone staying for, you know, a week and then I'm out a couple thousand dollars. You know, you know, um, cause I did Airbnb out of that Hearst house and I had him on, you know, Airbnb, VRBO and, um, uh, what's the other one? The freaking internet. away. Uh, booking.com booking.com yeah they suck screw them I, I don't uh, yeah they again. do and so um when i did the when i did the arlington one the last or my last airbnb i just said i'm just gonna do straight airbnb i ain't even gonna mess with the other ones they're just a headache they're not even worth it and and man i was i was booked up i mean i was i made more money than ever before just by focusing on one on just airbnb yeah. that's all you needed yeah, I, I've only had like three bookings on um, VRBO. One, I don't understand it. It's confusing to me. Like, it's much harder than Airbnb. It's not very intuitive. Right, right, right. It, it, and see, and that's where Airbnb crushes everybody is their their software development. It crushes them. Um, that's where they're going to beat everyone is their technology. It's so easy, user-friendly. It's too bad they don't have uh, – I don't know if you've noticed this. The customer service in the last year has gone – pretty much just disappeared. Happy you brought that up because, I mean, Airbnb's customer service is absolutely terrible. Like, if you – like, even if you message them back and forth, they'll take 24 hours to get back to you. But if you do that to a guest, I guarantee you Airbnb is going to have a problem. Oh, no. Okay, listen to this. The other day, I had an Airbnb uh, – case manager threatened me yeah i'm like okay i was driving from dallas to argyle it takes 40 minutes and i'm i'm not gonna look at my phone when i'm driving mm -hmm. and so a case manager texts me at like five o'clock i get home at 5 40 she texts me she goes if i don't hear from you in the next 30 minutes i'm gonna cancel your reservation and give you penalties and i'm they like did the same what? thing to me 
they, they've been doing the same thing. I think they're trying to get people. But if you message them, like I, I get messages back from them every hour, every hour, or it takes two to three days. I'm like, but you guys want yeah. us to immediately oh, respond to you? You got to hear this. So I had a, what I thought was a party going on in my house down in College Station. It's a four-bedroom, four-bath. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, these guys show up. It's 14 people filing into my house. Next thing you know, the T-shirts are going over my cameras. And I'm like, oh, uh-uh. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to call the police because I don't want attention to my property. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I call them up, and the guy's like, oh, hey, you know, we got a seven-on-seven football team. They're only registered for two guests. And he's like, oh, their parents are going to come pick them up later. And I'm like, no way, man, really. And so anyways, they all stay there. And uh, so I call Airbnb and I said, I want to cancel this reservation. I want them out. This is not what I signed up for. And so they said they were escalating it to the, I don't know, safety department or something, whatever they have this new department. So I never get a phone call back. I never get a message. I work it out with the guest. And then on Sunday, when they checked out, I get a message from Airbnb that the reservation's been canceled and the guest was given a full refund. And I was like, are you kidding me? So they got a full refund in my house. I didn't get paid. But the cool thing is my August lock, it locked them out and they didn't show up for their stuff. So I kind of was like, pay me, you get your stuff. Extortion. Yeah. Well, (laughs) (laughs) you do what you got to do. So he's, there was 14 kids standing outside of my house and the guy's like, let me in, let me in. I said, sure enough, get out your credit card. I got my square ready to collect right now. Did you get it? I got it. Hell oh, yeah. I like the way you So buy August lock, everybody. August lock. Mm-hmm. I, weren't those the locks that my guy Aaron in Portland used? And I was like, man, these are some good locks. So, yeah. Man. Yeah, we, we actually use the Yale lock now. They sell them at Costco, and so it integrates with August. But August August can be a little bit dicey. What's your issue with August? Because I want to know before I switch to Oh, it. man, August is tough because, uh, first of all, you need to have a keypad for those people who are not tech savvy. And uh, one thing, we have two Chinese families that are stuck in our Airbnbs right now. They can't get back to China. I know it freaks me out a little bit. Do I need to send a hazmat in? A coronavirus, yeah. Yeah. So they are stuck in ours. So they can't use their phone because a Chinese iPhone will not run the August lock. There's some kind of a known bug. But if it's an Android phone, it will. So basically, you need a backup. So you need some kind of a keypad. The Yale has the keypad, so you can program a code in there instead of doing the phone because I just find people do not want to mess around with the August lock, the app, and sometimes it's dicey. And Yeah, and, and that was one thing when I was using it because I stayed at an Airbnb up in Portland and he had it, and I was like, man, I like them. But that was the only thing I was concerned about. I was, I'm pretty tech savvy, but if someone else, yeah, that could be a problem. I'm happy you told me that. So I, I, I like the um, Yale because it has the option for both, and I can control the lock, which I like. Uh, you like control. I do. <laughs> so how much is it? How much is a Yale lock? Uh, two hundred and thirty-six dollars is what they cost at um, at Costco. Because I've been I've been sticking with the remote lock, Five Eyes. 
and they've been doing pretty well. The only reason I'm, I'm hard to switch is because I have all of them under one portal. And I can yeah. just, someone just logs in and everything's done automatically. They send the code automatically, guest gets it. So someone instant books. I'm going to have to look into that because that's how August is supposed to be. But what happens is people will book like a month ahead of time. And then August sends out the integrated email right away. And then a month later, they're like, hey, where's my code? And I'm like, uh, check your email from a month ago. <laughs> so Remote Lock fixed that problem. So um, they were emailing it, but they integrated with Airbnb. So uh, they'll send it directly through the app. And it's just called Remote Lock? Remote Lock 5i. You can go okay. to remotelock.com. And I've, I've been loving them. I'm going to switch because yeah. these August locks, they give me headaches and I do get bad reviews. Yeah, because that, that – that, that freaking email thing was messing me up too. Cause people were like, Oh, I don't have a code. I'm like, like your email. But now it's like, okay, it goes directly through the app. I'm done. Yeah, that's good. Well, the other thing too, you got to have a backup. We're all about redundancy. And I learned these lessons the hard way. Like one time I went to bed early, like nine o'clock and my guys, they, they came back drunk and they were so drunk that they put the code in so many times to my electronic lock they ran the battery out. And so these guys, I have, I watched them on the camera. They were ridiculous. They couldn't barely stand up. <laughs> and so anyways, I was already in bed, so I didn't have all these systems in place. So they ended up going and staying on their buddy's uh, floor at their hotel room. And so I woke up at like three in the morning, checked my phone. I'm like, oh my God, they're locked out. And so like I went to Walmart. I at three in the morning, I bought like a six course meal and I cooked them this amazing breakfast. I text them and they were pretty hungover, but they had to go home to their wives. So I had them come <laughs> home. They showered, get ready to leave and then ate, ate dinner, but our uh, breakfast. Um, and that's when I found out you can't buy champagne at Walmart at three in the morning, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, yeah, they gave me a good review too. If that was a woman, oh man, I would have not survived that. Oh yeah. They were like the seven doors walking in. They're like, hi, my name's Joe. And I'm like, that was, they were so cool. I would have been so mad. Yeah. Those locks. I'm happy you said that about a backup plan because I just, oh, had we have redundancy. Yeah. I had, I just had to charge somebody $130 for being an idiot with locks. So Somehow this lady locks herself out of our house. She, okay, we have the, the redundant lock, the, the remote lock, but this property is in Arkansas. They have a, my parents, they, they, it's their house and I just manage it for them. They have an extra lock on the bottom lock. I didn't know they had it. Oh but, no, someone locked it. Yeah, but this is the bad part. My, my backup plan is to let them into the garage because I can remotely open the garage from wherever I am in the world. Wi-Fi. They locked the door to go to the into garage. the garage. They locked the door. I'm like, how is this even possible? <laughs> I'm like, what the? So it, we ended up having, and then the funny thing is, my dad was here at my house, and he had the key. So, so we had to hire a locksmith, go change the lock. I charged him 130 bucks. I'm like, there's no way you locked all these locks in the house. And then we looked at the cameras. What they did was they locked the the lock to the garage, closed the garage, pushed the button on the garage, and ran under the garage. I'm like, <laughs> you had to be <laughs> retarded to do that. But I was like, all right, whatever. So, yeah, I charged them 130 for that. 
So we have three lockboxes on a property. So we have, a, we have a hospitality team. It's like the master box, and no guest ever gets that code. And it has all the keys for every unit on our property in that box. Mm -hmm. And so then we have a backup to the for the guest and that's kind of what got me in trouble on the uh the listing when the city came they noticed that little box they're like uh we know you have a lockbox i'm like yeah so because my handyman comes in a lot you know or my house cleaning comes in a lot and they're like yeah that's what we thought <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> and why do you have all these cameras around your house well because we like security well why do you have a little sign saying welcome sam oh <laughs> like, welcome Sam. Yeah, we have like a little sign and it's like a smile and it says, Hey, welcome, whatever their name is. We changed their name and yeah, that kind of That's your maintenance guy. Yeah. <laughs> just welcome our team every day. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, there's we, we ended up taking the signs down and uh so we're still trying to figure out if we're gonna test that because we haven't been sighted yet. Yeah, it's it's getting tough out here. Yeah, it is. But um, I like the challenge. But like I said, Dallas is uh, Airbnb friendly right now. They just set up their website so that you can register your Airbnb, which I'm really scared. It's like, do I want to register so that they can shut me down later? Or, I mean, they want their hot tax. I'm fine with paying the tax, but it's like Big Brother. They know exactly where I'm at. This is my thing with cities that, want you to pay the tax, but they don't want the tax to come from Airbnb. That's always where I get, when I start getting skeptical because Arlington did that. Yeah. They pay the tax, but we're not going to, we don't take it through Airbnb. Unlike Plano, Plano's like, we'll take the tax straight from Airbnb. That's when I get skeptical because I'm like, why don't you just take it from Airbnb? But instead they want to get, it, looks, it seems like they want to get addresses, start mm -hmm. kind of pinpointing people. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. That's because, well, I mean, I'm just going to give him your address. And then later, I'll message the guest and be like, oh, whoops, I made a mistake. It's actually the house three doors down. I like the way she does business. <laughs> She's a rock star. She's a rock gotta star. got to be one step ahead. But, hey, it's almost past my bedtime, guys. Oh, yeah, we've been at oh, it yeah, for a while. We have been going at it. This is a good combo. All right, leave us with one one um, cami tip for all the all the wannabe Airbnbers out there. One cami, one just like one like hardcore cami tip. All right, here's the thing: do not try to recreate the wheel. If you have somebody like myself who's willing to come in and set you up and get you successful day one, honestly, that's the best money you could ever spend. So that's the tip I would leave you with is don't try to be an expert at everything. Find somebody who is the expert, pay a little bit up front, and then have more success a lot quicker. I mean, those hosts that have been doing this for a while, they can tell you that they've cut their teeth and they've earned their stripes. Airbnb is not for the weak at heart, for sure. So that's my tip. And if you, if you guys want to talk to me more about this, you can go to our website, our website is execustays.com. That's E-X-E-C-U-S-T-A-Y-S.com, execustays.com. And we'll be happy to have a uh, consult with anybody who's interested in getting into um, Airbnb or helping us or letting us help you manage your property. 
So anywhere in the world you can you can manage their property or anywhere in the United States. We're in the U.S. right now. I'm not sure about around the world. Like, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm qualified for that. Okay, yeah. So anywhere in the United States, mm-hmm. hit up Cami if you don't want to. If you want an expert to do this for you and for like a small fee, I mean, yeah, hit her up. I'm thinking about doing it too with uh, with my future Airbnbs. So there you go. Yeah. Thank you awesome. so much, Cami. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks real. for coming on. It's good having you. Let's we'll do let's we'll do a part two because hey, we got a lot more stuff to talk about. So <laughs> awesome. Thanks. All right. Well, thanks. Good night. Bye. Bye. <laughs> And right. that was so great. Kimmy Miles. That was actually a really good episode. And Steve, anything else? Closing thoughts on your end? On my end, uh, man, I, I, I did a, I, I checked out a couple houses today and, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm going full speed, full, full speed ahead, dude. That's what's so, up, man. That's what's so up. I just, um, I might be hitting up Cammy to run them for me. So. That's how. That's what we're looking. We're ready. <laughs> She's still there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be sending you the info, Kenny. All right. Let's do some business. Let's make some money together. Let's do it. Yeah. Sure. You can. You won't laugh at my numbers anymore. They'll be your nope. numbers. That's right. <laughs> well, oh. thanks. Thanks okay. for checking it. Thanks for listening to to Live Let Thrive. It means a lot that our fans are still like you know, still all all about the Live Let Thrive life and um yeah man the support is awesome. Yeah, we're still pushing it, still growing. So, uh, yeah, keep us in there. Remember, leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram, we're always doing something on there. Um, So, ladies, no, ladies and gentlemen, if you're ready to get your health and fitness game together, be sure to follow Mahogany Artist on IG. And be sure to follow us on IG, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Subscribe on Apple, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate the love and thanks for being listeners. LLT is out. Later. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.